Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Music, 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 music. We're doing the final countdown. No, I'm doing a. Y'all ready for this? Commenzo. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everybody, yes. how's it going? You're listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We have a guest today. A very awesome guest. Yes. Say hello. Hello. How's it going? It is indeed. Thank you so much for having me back. Of course. Oh, anytime, man. We're so happy to have you on. Um, We haven't talked to you in a little while. Well, Jimmy has. I I've haven't. talked to you. I saw you in person recently. You, you were just a... you were just talking to me for like a solid 15, 20 minutes. What do you mean? <laughs> they don't know about that. They don't know about they that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. conversation did not exist. Yeah. Um, if you guys do not know, the professor is from Tellarian Community College. Your number one source for every single item reviewed that you ever want to review if you want to buy something for your magic products. We got all sorts of great things going on in your channel, Prof. You are very prolific on YouTube and... Uh, we have mad respect for you. I, I cannot imagine that our there's a single listener that doesn't know yeah. about Tolarian Community College. But if there is one person out there, you're crazy, go check it out. It's not just product reviews. That's like one of the big things that you do, right, Prof? But you have all kinds of videos. What oh, other yeah. kinds of videos you got? Because I've seen so many different things on your channel. Well, you guys are absolutely uh, flattering me with your words <laughs> here. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess I am best known for the product reviews, which are very critical reviews we try not to do anything that's just showing off the product like an unboxing or just kind of reading off the stats we don't want to do an ad for the product or anything like that i want to really test it out and and scrutinize it and sometimes that critique is a very positive one and sometimes that critique is a very negative one and i think that that's actually a little hard to find these days and so yeah a lot of people really like that because so, it gives them a very good idea even if they disagree with me yeah. still from all the close up shots 
and tests that I show, it gives them a very good idea of like what that product is going to be like if they spend their hard-earned cash or their parents' hard-earned cash <laughs> uh, on that. Uh, but we also do a lot of other videos like uh, introductory videos for various formats. If you're interested in learning Legacy or Popper or Commander, uh, I have mm -hmm. introductory courses oh, yeah. in what is that format? How do you get started in it? What's a good deck to put together? Or in the case of Commander, how do you look at, you know, the vast array of magic cards and, and put that first deck together? Uh, I've got, again, introductory deck techs as well. Uh, sometimes we just do fun skits and, and things like that. I've done a couple of those. Yeah. Just, you know, a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering information. I love the videos where you have someone remembering Mana Burn and talking about... Yeah, you know, like that... the old grumpy old man yeah, ones. Those yes. are awesome, too. Yes, that's my father. He'll be coming out for a visit soon, so hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to do a few more of those. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Anyway, the, yes. the channel is amazing. There's so much varied content on there. Uh, you guys should check it out, of course. All the links in the more info box in the description below, and we'll have you shout them all out at the end of the video. But today's topic, we're catching up with you, of course, the professor. Uh, I went to San Francisco last weekend to visit uh, Brian Tran. I, I got to hang out, crack some packs, and a lot of BFC packs, and uh, draft it, B4Z. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to spend today's episode catching up on all of the Balfour's and the Cards news. There's a lot of drama rum rumbling around the community about random things. And uh, we're going to address some viewer questions, and we're going to talk about a very special uh, EDH uh, format, I guess. A, a, it's like a, a way, point system. A point system, yeah. That uh, that the uh, the that Mike, the owner of Anime Imports, designed, which is very exciting. And which that is store, Prof's LGS. Yeah, that store yes. is awesome. Major shout out to anyone that knows of that place or supports it. That place is fantastic. Let's talk about something pretty cool here, and and you can talk about this firsthand, Prof, because yeah. um, I know that you recently had a video came out, and you got to open one of these on camera Ooh, la, la. we are of course talking about the very um what do we call them awesome rare rare <laughs> mythically so expensive <laughs> the expeditions from battle for zendikar oh, oh yes so you cracked one on your video right Yes, I, I cracked one during my booster box game. Oh, tell us what a... the booster box game is oh, really quick for those that don't game. know, because it's, it's awesome. It's another video you do. I do a thing called the booster box game, every new set that comes out. And what I do is I crack open a box of Magic the Gathering packs, uh, 36 packs, a sealed box. And what I try and do is get enough cards and preferably not a large amount of cards, just a couple valuable mythics or maybe a choice foil where I can maybe get half a dozen rares and mythics that will be worth the price of a new box. And if so, I will sell those cards immediately and immediately run down to the store and buy another box and crack that box open and attempt to repeat the process. And sometimes I can really get that going. In fact, if you look at my back catalog, I believe that there's only been one set where I wasn't able to wow. uh, do that, do it to at least the second box. A lot of times it, it fizzles out at the second box, but gosh, I think Konzatark here, I made it to five boxes. Oh my gosh, fetch lands. Well, with those fetch lands, and, and at the time the prices had not dropped at all on them. They were not, like now a lot of them are what, like 10, 15 bucks? Yeah, yeah. between 10 and 15. they're so plentiful. They were still, like you crack a fetch land back with cons, I forget what they were at, but it was much higher. Yeah, it was like 20. And so, yeah, oh, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Foil Blue, the Delta was close to 100. I think 
Yeah, and I would you get sold one, I would, right? you'd get a foil one. Okay. And so we went to a lot of boxes, but right away my very first Battle for Zendikar booster box that I crack open, and this is not just in the booster box game, this was my first box I cracked open of Battle for Zendikar, and it's a god box you oh can my see gosh. in the video. I got Gideon, I got Drana, and this is before the the expedition and I'm just like oh wow I've made it to a second box because yeah. with those with those two in hand and this is mind you on release day on launch day so prices are very very high on Drana and and Gideon uh, I'm just like I'm gonna make it to a second box no sweat and then I crack open the expedition Ooh, which uh, one was it Bloods uh, uh, the wooded foothills oh nice a oh, green red so fetch nice. land yeah. fetch lands are the top tier of the expeditions by the way yes yes so hold on if I get this correctly you now you have to go sell the wooded foothills well I have to sell uh, basically a hundred dollars plus uh, ship plus shipping and 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 fees for eBay uh, worth of cards uh, and I was able to do that with the non-expeditions. Nice. Because nice. the box That's was where great. It counts. But I sold the expedition, too, because I don't want it. You don't uh, want it? I'll take it no, for free. No, I don't want yeah, <laughs> not for, You're selling no. it for free, right? I'll take it. You'll, you'll take it for the, I'll drive the, up right the money now. that it's worth, for the several hundred dollars <laughs> that it's worth, and I will take that money, and I will spend $10 on... Uh, a regular uh, fetch? Yeah. The regu- regular fetches and get a play set, <laughs> or sure. I'll Prof, splurge. why you gotta be so practical? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you me being not practical. I haven't, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do this yet, but I actually prefer the Onslaught Fetchland art by Rob Alexander on those fetch lands wow. and they're still like double the price they're at like 20 to 30 dollars didn't realize you're such a hipster prof didn't realize it. he lives in the bay area i know yeah, right? I, I, like <laughs> i do live in the bay area i do live in the bay area but i would like to say that i was actually doing this my whole life and hipsterism only occurred recently i think you were, the, I, you were just OG a hippie hipster. before <laughs> That's what I happened. was the original hipster. They just copied me, and now yeah, it's true. not cool anymore. Now that they're all doing it. <laughs> Your wow. clothing style does You're so denote hipster. That. You're too hipster for the word hipster. That's anyway, right. If you, if you guys want to watch Prof's a God unboxing, you can uh, check it out in the link below. Josh, you have a very interesting story about how you're, you've been cracking boxes. Yeah, so what happened is... Um, <laughs> this is amazing. I had this brilliant idea to have my girlfriend crack open the... I normally open like a couple fat packs in a box for every set, and... Um, but I normally I, I'm apologies a apologies to Marshall by the way in, in advance. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Um, <laughs> neither. I'm a big collector of sealed product in general. So what I normally do is I'll buy a few boxes, and uh, I'll, I'll only plan on opening one, and I'll keep the rest for drafting. And for this set, I bought a number of boxes and a lot of fat packs actually because I kept finding them at Target for MSRP. Um, and so I got the wonderful idea that I would have her crack them because I figured. My luck is usually bad. You know this, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You always crack open awesome stuff. I don't. So I got her to start opening the packs for me. Well, she got really into it. Into it to the point where we we cracked open a couple of fat packs one night. The next night she's like, "Can we open more?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to open this box. So yeah, let's open that." And she got a uh, Wooded Foothills uh, expedition ding, in ding, it. Ding, 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 and ding, I was ding. like, that card is worth a couple hundred dollars. It's awesome. And she's like, that's the golden ticket. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, next night, can we open more? <laughs> nice. You've so created I was like, a monster. So I was like, well, I was kind of playing the unboxing game. Yeah. Uh, the booster box game because I was like, well, we 
I guess so, because we broke even from the last one. Actually, we're ahead on money. So, yeah, we can open another yeah. box. So we opened another box, didn't get an expedition. Next night, can we open more? I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? But I was this like, is when you're down in Vegas. Like, you're, you're, you're under <laughs> what you want, and you're like, well, I just got to bet more to get back to where I need to be. That, how did you know? That's exactly what happened. I was like, well, we, we opened a box and didn't get one, so there's a better chance <laughs> that we'll get one in the next box. By the way, mathematicians out there, I know that's not true. That's just <laughs> the thing that you tell yourself. Yeah. So we said yes, and she got a Misty Rainforest. Oh, gosh. That, oh, and that wow. one is very expensive. Now, yeah, so then I'm like... So then I'm literally getting texts today during the day now. She's not even waiting until night going like, <laughs> can we open more cards tonight? So I've created this monster that I don't know. A very lucky monster, I will say. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Three boxes, two expeditions. Yeah. It, sh- it should be one per six is what people are saying. Um, it feels like it's a little more common than that. It does feel more common than that. Has, what have you heard out there, uh, Prof, about the rarity of the expeditions? Have you heard anything? Uh, I have heard that it is on average one per case. So there have been uh, people who have gone out. I actually know a lot of people who have purchased just a case and uh, uh, and opened that case, and they had one expedition within that case. Wow! Did they uh, open all six boxes, or did they just open until they got the expedition and stop? The people that I know opened all six boxes. Wow! Dang! And and they would. I think so if you far, open one in the box, you just stop. I think that's what you do. You you don't open the rest of the packs. There's something a little, but that's you know that's also what people do with uh, with boxes on the internet. They'll they'll take their let's say modern masters box open, and if they hit a goif, they stop opening and they sell the packs off, and then people are going to buy those packs thinking they'll get a goif, and they won't because it's already been cracked. So if there's one expedition per case, and you're opening boxes, and you get that expedition, you stop, meaning that someone else is going to purchase those boxes. They are purchasing boxes that will not or have a very, very low very chance, yeah. Highly, highly unlikely of containing an expedition. Unless you're which, Josh's girlfriend, in which case right. you should open three boxes every night. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know if that's true for the box thing. Uh, for I mean, for the case thing. It feels I think like each yeah. box has a one in six chance of having an expedition, right? So those last three boxes that you didn't open, if you, say, got an expedition in the third box, they have an equal chance of having an expedition of any box. But I don't know if the rest of any single box, if you've already pulled an expedition right. out of that box, has a chance to still have an expedition. I don't know how exactly how it works. I think it would be a massive collating error if they had two expeditions in a single box. Now, if anyone out there has done this, please let us know because you know we're, we're, our, our empirical data here is clearly not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this other thing that's going around. Have you heard about this, Professor, which is people are weighing packs now, and there's, there's oh, a big... Oh, God, they're not doing that, are yeah, they? Yeah, there was a big thread on Reddit. This has happened for everything. People do this with Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Right, but for it hasn't been worth it for Magic until now where the you know that if a pack has a foil because foils do weigh slightly more mm-hmm. than non-foil cards so if you have a, a scale that's sensitive enough you can have a pretty good chance to predict if there's going to be a foil or not in a pack now Based it doesn't tell weight. you if it's an expedition or not but that can narrow down great sure expeditions weigh like a hundred dollars <laughs> are you sure a scale and yes can't that'll tell be that? this that'll be the same type of scale that a drug dealer uses. <laughs> yes so that's, yeah. that's who you're in company you're with, buying drug paraphernalia i mean well, I'm, not, I'm not saying for people to do this i'm saying people are doing this now yeah, yeah. that that tells me my advice to people out there is and I think it would be all of our advice is don't you can't buy loose packs never buy loose packs never the, in any this. situation even even with uh, origins don't ever buy loose packs 
Yeah, yeah. I, you just can't buy loose packs, but especially not for Battle for Zandikar, uh, because it's too easy for them to have picked over. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't know where anybody's getting that stuff. Also, with with box mapping from before, that was another reason. Uh, and we saw with Modern Masters too how people could sort of open the packs and close them again yeah. uh, through like nefarious oh. ways. So it's just a good general thing not to do. But definitely with this set, just you can't buy a loose pack. It's unfortunate. I wish you could, mm-hmm. but you either, you have to buy sealed like sealed boxes like shrink wrap sealed yeah and if you're going to draft it and want to open an expedition just hope that when the person comes to the table to pass the packs out they're cracking a new box and giving you the packs from there yeah cuz you never know and i'm not saying an lgs is sketchy or not but it would be in an lgs's best interest to weigh the packs because their business is selling these cards yep. and being able to know which ones have foils in them could benefit them. Now I'm not saying every LGS does this. In fact, very few may because it's pretty shady and it's kind of sucky for all the and little if kids. If anybody found out, packs. they're never going back to that LGS. Yeah, exactly. But it's just still safer not to do that. Yeah. And they're, but they're cracking boxes left and right anyway. So I think that the player base of a LGS would be able to make that determination. For example, if even just with a regular set, if people are, are are taking packs as prizes or purchasing single packs, you know, just for fun or just they want a pack, for you know, to open uh, in between rounds sort of thing, which happens a lot at a local game store, and you're never getting a Mythic, and you're there all the time, and you never see anybody get a Mythic, and, and you begin to notice yeah. that, that no one has ever busted open the money card or planeswalker of the set – you know, then you can become suspicious. At again, going back to my local game store at Anime Imports for a draft, you know, Mike comes out with the box and rips it open in front of everybody so that there's no question. Yeah. When his supply of singles for prize packs or I'm singles for prize packs, packs for prize packs, or just where you pull the single packs that you want to uh, purchase individually is running low, he pulls out the box noticeably on the desk, rips it open for everyone to see, puts it in from there uh so that uh uh there's there's not any question if you're at a local game store where you are not seeing them ever doing things like that then you might want to start you know asking because there certainly are some game stores that take advantage of all the product coming in and out and all the money to be had for sure well and uh notably it's not that much money. Game stores are not making a lot in general. So uh, this actually leads right into our next section. By the way, I opened oh, a Hallowed we, Fountain. I oh, got one expedition. Nice work, nice work. Yeah, wait, wait, because oh, I played, I played the Booster Box too. game with Mike at Anime Imports. Right. And I immediately sold a box, and I was able to keep a couple cards and pay $10 for the next box, and that That's one had good. the Hallowed Fountain. We are really bad uh, examples for everyone who's going to think, well, boy, you get one of these every freaking box that you open. <laughs> I had to open three to get mine, so yeah, don't, okay. guys, please. Um, before we move on really quick, Prof, I'm just curious, what do you think about the inclusion and just the invention of expeditions uh, uh, I, I don't general? like it. Don't like it. How come? I don't, I'm, I'm very much against it. Uh, I think that there's a lot of problems with this. It's taking a system that's already a lottery system in terms of, you know, whether you're going to open a pack with a 10 cent rare. And these days, some of these rares are on TCG player for 10 cents, 15 cents, which means they are at, they are not worth the paper they're printed on to players outside of a draft. Uh, and you're going to take a system like that. And then meanwhile, for standard, you need play sets of $40, $20, $30 cards, uh, not to even mention what's going on in modern these days. And you're going to take that system and you're going to create this 
highly desired, highly valuable, and quite frankly, type of card that we could use a reprint of in terms of fetches and shocklands, which every modern deck needs. And and people, in order to play in the format just to play, require play sets of. And you're going to put, let's just say, one per case of a wide range, ranging from Zendikar fetchlands to uh, shocklands to the complete duds of the uh, uh, Battle for Zendikar have lands. Yes, I'm calling them have lands. We're not going to have. Yeah. We will what? not. We will this not have. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened. We will not have <laughs> that land debate. I almost here just right choked now. on my own tongue when you said the word have lands. Have Probably. lands. You're the man. Die. Yeah. No, but, I'm good. But, I, it was almost. It didn't actually happen. Yeah. But uh, I and and just the fanaticism that like. All these people are like, oh my god, we're going to crack open Battle for Zendikar and be able to get full art Misty Rainforest, full art Hollowed Fountains. And it's like, no, you're not. It's, it's, a, it's one per case. It is the rarest of the rare of the rare. And they're selling for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of dollars each individually. It's a system where, in all honesty, with the exceptions of a little bit of luck here and there, the rich get richer, and those that know how to profit, profit more. And, and I feel like it's on the backs of the player base. Uh, uh, I feel like, you know what would have been great? Reprint the Zendikar Fetchlands as full art in Battle for Zendikar, end story. In the next set, you, you don't want to do it, then reprint the shot. You know, like, like figure out, wait a set, then. If you don't want all ten Fetchlands, I could care less about that, but they care, fine. Then wait a set until they rotate out, and the the cons fetch lands rotate out and then print the Zendikar fetch lands full art in a thing where I was able to play and buy cons of Tarkir and I ended up with play sets of the cons fetches through what I cracked, what I drafted, and what I traded for as the prices came down. That's a much more effective system than this. There are people who need these cards that can't get them. Do you think that them reprinting... Um Re, quote unquote reprinting because it's not really a reprint of no, these it's expeditions. Right. It's just the this does this precludes money. them from in the next set or, or the set after that um, or block sorry I should say that this stops them from reprinting the Zendikar fetches because I don't think it does. I think no, they could still it do it at all because yeah. they they reprinted all the fetch lands. It's not like they just reprinted the Zendikar ones. That would be more of a slap in the face. The fact that they did all of them is like oh okay so that means they could they, still do the Zendikar yeah. fetch lands in the next block. No one knows sure. what they're doing. Then I would have. Then I feel that they they should have either. Uh, uh, I guess not announced it because I understand the reasons why they can't do that. Yeah, they then can't delayed. do it. it, it if, if this was a set, then let's wait for the set where the Zendikar Fetchlands are reprinted and say, in addition to our reprinted Zendikar Fetchlands, there's an alternate art, full art Zendikar Fetchland that is one per case that is a special lottery ticket. I but see I get why they didn't do that because that yeah. takes that takes something that can sell two sets and now only sells one set. Yeah. So, I mean from a business sense yeah. I think they want to spread out their love. Yeah, but then there's a certain point where from a business sense once you've stuck the vacuum cleaner into someone's pocket and sucked until all you got was lint, you destroy a vibrant customer base. And I'm not a business major. I don't know. I'm an English major, but I know <laughs> it didn't the take you. is real. <laughs> I I just I I just know that as a player it's starting to feel 
as though there is a giant boulder of cost weighing down all but the 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 the. But wait, 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 wait! How does expeditions ready? cost money? Like you don't have to go after them; they're not necessary. They're they're the equivalent of a skin on oh, no, League of Legends. True. Like I can still play. Yeah, because the... here's the thing: if you do crack, let's say you do crack one Zendikar expedition, it's not like oh, now we need to get three other Scalding Tarns. It's like now I can sell this one to buy all the Scalding Tarns. You know, isn't that or kind of the option? Or my standard deck, or whatever. Like it's just a free. Uh, you know, it's like the, fifty to three hundred dollars, right? Like, yeah, that, it doesn't cost you anything, and it's not a card that you. It's not like it takes something out of what you would you would normally get, right? Like, you buy a a pack of Magic Origins, you just have no chance no chance to get something that's a hundred dollars. It is creating a illusion uh, that if you buy lottery tickets, you will win fifty million dollars, and it is causing. People who are 13, 14, well, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 to have a false My girlfriend's in her 30s. <laughs> right. But no, even so, and you know what? That's but really, even that's so, a really now, good now point. Look, at, look at that. You know, you've got, she's in her 30s, she's an adult, and you see, now it's all really well and good because I'm assuming you folks oh, can, we can afford, afford it. it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really think that you need to take a step back and imagine the 14-year-old or 15-year-old or even the 22-year-old or even the 30-year-old who, who does not have a lot of disposable income that is now being presented by the company with a system that is designed to be even more addictive and illusory in terms of, of, of wins and rewards. There's, you know, there's a reason why gambling is illegal outside of Las Vegas. And, and, and you know, I'm not so sure that having that legalized across the country, again, I don't know, but I feel that that's kind of what this is getting into. No, and I, I feel I, like I, we're, we're leaving a game behind. We're leaving the game behind and we're turning this into <laughs> Las Vegas. And okay, I don't okay, know that okay, I okay, want okay, that. Okay, okay. okay, listen, I, I think that's a really good point. I'm with you on that one. And actually, the uh, story about my girlfriend di- speaks directly to that and made me realize, man, 11 to, to or sorry, probably 6 to 14-year-olds, they have no way to f- to understand or fight that gambling mentality. And this right. really is lottery tickets. So I, I do think that's an extremely good point. There is a danger to it. We've got to move on because we're never going to hit all the rest of our subjects. Um, so let's leave that at that. I, yeah, I, and if you guys have, uh, if you guys are in that age range or know someone that is in the age range and, and approaches it the same way or differently, let us know. Tweet at us or send us an email because we love to to hear firsthand from other people's experiences what this has, what mentality this has created, and whether or not it's positive or not. But it really is like lottery tickets for children at a certain at a certain extent. Right. That is a really sure. good point. Um, well, this does lead us into our next thing, which is fat packs. Yeah. And there's been a ton of commotion and controversy about the price of them, the quote-unquote price gouging. I know you've come down uh, pretty yep. firmly. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Prof? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is a situation, again, where I-, I think that it's – I think everyone's to blame in this. Uh, <laughs> there's so much blame to go around. Uh, uh, I do think – and I'll start – with you have a video players. on this, by the way, if you guys... I do and we'll a, also I do put a, a link, of course, down below. I do have a video on this. Uh, I do, for most products, say, is it worth it video, where I try and take a critical look about, is this a good way to spend your 20 or $30 in magic? Is this going to give you what you need? Uh, I wish and it was video, $30. <laughs> which one's $30? $30. No, I wish uh, it was $30 for the Battle for Zendikar ones. People have price matched them from different places to be 30 bucks. 
Yeah. Well, uh, no, yeah. I mean, it depends on the, the product. There's so much product in addition to booster packs these days. Uh, but for the fat packs, uh, starting with the uh, uh, players, the uh, uh, interest is in this 80-card full art land pack that is included in the fat pack. Right. Normally, fat packs come with an 80-card land pack, which is all but worthless because anybody who plays Magic for a week has is using land as coasters. Uh, uh, and so that is not, you know, that's just, I guess, if you're just a brand new 100% to Magic, a nice little throw-in. But there's no point where you... Or, or Jimmy or I or anyone has said, damn it, I need to buy some basic land. Like, I need to just drop 10 bucks on basic land. That's not happened for any established player or even just, I mean, right, land right. comes out But, but in these, you get full arts, which are actually something players actually do want. So it's actually yeah, like, right. like there's something, it's like you get your normal fat pack, what you would normally get. And then there's just something in this fat pack specifically for Battle for Zendikar that is actually has value that the rest of fat packs don't. Yeah, and the right. thing is, is that if you you know you say in your video, if you bought one to buy eighty lands, uh, currently at the current price as of this recording, you would cost you about twelve to fifteen dollars, uh, right? With shipping and all that. And here's the thing: if you go back in time and look at the originals and the car, and those fat packs are superbly inflated because those lands each cost about a dollar each now, a yeah. dollar to a dollar fifty. So if you were to buy eighty of the originals and the car full art lands, it would be eighty dollars. However, that's not the case with these current fat packs, and so people are upset because people are sort of scooping up these fat packs from stores very quickly, going to Targets and buying out all of them, going to their LGSs and buying them if they're at MSRP. And a lot of stores are price gouging. And, right. or they're well, using the term price gouging. Are, uh, uh, there's been a I lot of debate about the proper price use. <laughs> yes, there's been a lot of debate about the proper use of price gouging. And uh, uh, as the resident English professor here, I will say that <laughs> arguing... Arguing on the semantics of whether or not price gouging is the proper way to describe what's happening is getting away from the issue. And the issue is is that the prices of fat packs, which actually, if you go onto Amazon right now and type in Magic the Gathering fat pack, every fat pack from every previous set is at $30 delivered to your door, meaning that there's an oversupply, meaning that people don't want these that much, meaning that stores need to clear them out below MSRP. Now, all of a sudden, because people are very, very excited and interested in buying this, MSRP will not do. And MSRP needs to be raised to 50, 60, now 70 and $80 at some stores. Uh, the stores did not have to pay any additional amount on these fat packs for Battle for Zendikar than they did any other fat pack. However, the stores also had uh, their orders cut back. So it's a very complex thing, uh, uh, you know, and there's a lot of fault to go around in it. There is fault in any player who's going to spend $70 on a fat pack uh, uh, because it contains a $12 pack of full art land uh, in a set where every booster pack contains a full art land. Uh, I already have a pile as high as my neck of these full art lands just from being a regular player and drafter and opened a booster box and such. And I think that within a year, especially because it's very likely that these full art lands are also going to be present in the next uh, uh, expansion set, that everybody is, else is going to be up to their necks in these full art lands as well. And having gotten overexcited to go buy a booster box for $70 or $60 or $80 just to get 80 
full art lands uh, is is suddenly going to be like waking up from a bit of a dream into a nightmare, I think. Uh, in addition to that, Wizards sounds like they dropped the ball on this. All indications, all stores seem to be in agreement, and I do not think that they are misleading. Many have offered a lot of proof uh, that Wizards screwed up in terms of anticipation of how many they should print. And they normally take, they do one printing of fat packs. This is true. So anybody who says, well, they only did one printing, the truth is, is they always only do one printing, but they print such an ample amount that they allow stores to say how much they want initially. They fill that order. Then they fill the distributors. Then they say to stores, would you like some more? Because we have warehouses of that first printing left. And with Battle for Zendikar, stores said, I normally get 20. I'd like to get 70 of these. Yeah. You know, and, and Wizards said, uh-oh, we, because for unimaginable reasons, didn't expect that that would happen. And have no system to print more. I don't and... know if that's fair to put on Wizard's head, though, because what's the risk if you underprint? If you print these slightly, maybe more than you normally do. Well, angry you're... disenfranchised customers. Right, but what's angry, the risk if you? What's the risk if you overprint? What's the risk if you overprint? You lose a lot of money. Yeah, I'm an English and, major. And if, I wouldn't know if, if people these are angry because they can't get your product. That's a good problem to have as a business. Mm. Look at Apple. Look at uh, the iWatch. It's not bad that you have to get on a three-month waiting list to get that iWatch. That helps them. That adds to the allure of it. Don't forget yeah. we're, we're part of a collectible card game. Collecting it is part of the game. Having cards that people, other people can't get a hold of either ever or just yet is part of the allure of the game. Let's not forget that because the collecting part is definitely a big part of the game. I, I, I wouldn't fault Wizards here. I'm Actually, I don't fault anyone this is just sort of the nature of capitalism. Yeah, it's supply and demand. And here's the thing. If you really want a fat pack, you can go out and buy it forever. Or you can do what you said in your video, which is just go to TCG Player and just buy sure. 80 full art I, lands. I, I urge people to do that. Or but just go draft. Yeah, but it's not like there are any like lack. There's no lack of Battle for Zendikar cards. So you can just buy a booster box if you really want to get packs. You know, like Or you can just buy packs. You know, you, Right. The fact that people think that these fat packs are so whatever it is. I don't understand what the exact appeal is. Uh, I'll tell you the exact lands. appeal. Uh, uh, the, uh, a large major, if not majority, then certainly an incredibly large segment of that customer base is under 18 because, gentlemen, this is a children's card game. You know, you talk about capitalism and about like, you know, business might makes right and well, that's good business and stuff. And you begin to think you're talking about a, a, a country's economy or something. We're talking about a collectible card. What's the last word there? Game. It's a game. It's a game targeted at 13-year-olds. But that, the majority of buyers That doesn't matter though. Are, that yeah. has nothing to do with it. Disney. It doesn't? It, Dis, yeah. Disney as a company is a company that's targeted towards six-year-olds. That doesn't right. mean they don't want to run their business to make profit and keep their shareholders happy. That's just the way that capitalism works. If you want to have magic as a game be around right. in 20 years, it has to make money. That's the that, reality that's of true. the world. That's true. But let me ask you this. Let's take that Disney example. What happens if Disney starts making decisions where more and more of the people 
who loved Disney began to hate Disney and become infuriated. Here's the thing, with though: it I believe and not purchasing I, more of it. And I am fully agreeing with you here, Prof, that it is not good to disenfranchise your player base. But I think the vocal minority is so loud that it's really just outshouting the people that still love the game and are joining the game and making it bigger every single day. Because I think the people joining the game are far, far, far outweigh the people that are quitting it. Oh, it's not even close. I mean, this game's been growing like crazy actually ever since yeah so i think what what's happening is because the loudest voices are the ones that are by the way not 16 year olds on reddit we're talking about 20 plus year olds on reddit and on twitter the ones being the most vocal and having the opinions are the people that i think are out of high school and in 20 college. 20 year olds are very impressionable jimmy <laughs> yeah i know but i feel like the they're, just they're, because their their minds are very elastic <laughs> ad. i feel like by the very nature of the internet and giving everyone a voice i feel like you're going to get the vocal minority really out complaining the people that are just you know more or less man whatever I'm, i don't really care about expeditions or like you know what if i crack one great if i don't great i don't care I think the I think the minority is entitled to having a voice. But I mean, that's I, just me. I think a sixteen-year-old is probably used to not being able to buy a a case and not being used. You know, they're they're used to not being able to afford the same amount that a twenty-six-year-old with a job is able to afford. So mm-hmm. for them, like, and I think you gave really good advice, advice which is don't buy the fat pack for sixty plus dollars. Don't do it. Don't. There's better ways. Think of what you want out of that fat pack. There's better ways to get all that stuff for cheaper. Way cheaper. You know. So you, when you have less money, you, you know, be smarter about your money in, yeah. in a way. Um, and and one of the ways to do that is like you said, buy a booster box instead, or just buy the lands. Or okay. So you guys are making. I I know that you guys don't want to have this conversation go on for eternity, but I do want to just offer one one question. This is a genuine question. This is my genuine question to you two gentlemen who are much more versed in business and economics and capitalism. And so let's let me let me ask you this. You know, I know you like like just you know just your top hats and monocles here, and and answer me this question. How do you know uh, what we are wearing? <laughs> I can see you. Um, the world is watching. Uh, 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 what would happen? What would happen if Wizards of the Coast said, uh, "We are going," and they would be capable of doing this, of of saying that uh, 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 stores must sell product at MSRP. So you cannot take a fat pack and sell it for sixty dollars. The MSRP is forty. You sell it for forty. Uh, uh, for the first print run, uh, uh, sort of thing, uh, uh, whatever that they had to sell it at MSRP. I think what would what happen... happens then, and I'm just on, and that's an honest question because I don't know the answer to that, and I don't have a rebuttal to that. I genuinely want to know what the hell it's, happens it's not, if we say you got to sell the products at the prices they're em- printed at. It's not enforceable. If I'm a store and I want to sell it for sixty, and they're forcing me to sell it forty, I just have one of my employees buy them all. And then he sells them in the, at the front door. Hi, I'm Wizards of the Coast. I just found out about this because I will, and I'm revoking. Wizard, you're not allowed. Stores are not allowed to take promos what? that are meant at Friday Night Magic right, and right, sell right, right. it. But and this that is, is different, enforced. Prof. Because if a store, let's say the store is running on hard times, and if they don't sell things above MSRP specifically because they know that the demand is there and they have the supply for it they're going to go out of business. I mean, it's not going to be that extreme, but if a store is restricted to do that and Wizards is going to ban the store from their product, they're just Wizards is just going to lose an entire store buying anything from them ever again. So if I feel like it's very hard to enforce See, I like hardly that. think this is going to be, you know, like if that store is on such the brink of bankruptcy, 
then but here's the thing every single penny matters and the other problem is if you say that then it's like well do they have to sell booster boxes at msrp too because people are used to paying 100 yeah, bucks for where's a booster that box, not 125 dollars sure. yeah from the vaults are they allowed are they forced to sell that at msrp well i mean you you know you're very tight with uh a lgs owner we yes. we know a few we know a few lgs owners in la i've hung out with these guys they don't drive bentley's no, they do not. They're not making tons of money. So it would be one thing if these LGS owners were getting rich somehow off of this price gouging, quote unquote, or whatever their capitalistic uh, leanings were getting them, but they're not. I, I, I hate to tell you, everybody out there, LGS owners are doing this because they like gaming, they like games. They're not doing it because they're getting rich off of it. Yeah, they're so doing it for the community. And I, just, for the I just think like not allowing them to run their business is just like a huge, huge slap in the face that like, listen, they're not they're not building mansions. They're and just if, not if they and you know what I also say, I've also been the biggest, you know, uh uh advocate of supporting, you know, local game stores. I end nearly every one of my videos by saying for, for please do not go down and buy a dual deck at Walmart yeah. or Target. Yeah. Please go spend that money where you spend magic. Please buy your singles at your local game store. Singles are actually knowing more. I actually know a couple local game store owners. Singles are really what pays the rent yep. uh, uh, for them. Uh, please buy those singles from them instead of from, you know, God knows who. Uh, uh, and I really do believe that. And I really do feel that even if a local game store is getting rich, I know it's hard work because I know what they do. If they are providing a environment for you to play and enjoy magic and and uh, uh, to for, for under 18s to hang out in a safe environment and make socialize and all this stuff, I've met some lifelong friends through my local game store just playing magic and they happen to be doing this in a business effective way where they are getting rich, more power to them. I think they deserve every minute of it. I'm never going to say, nor do I believe that people don't deserve to earn enough to get rich and wealthy and to drive those Bentleys or whatever their heart desires. Um, uh, I simply, in this individual issue of the fat packs, uh, think that it's out of control and think that they should have been kept at MSRP. And I do see what the stores are saying. I really do. I don't think they're full of, of, of baloney or worse. I, but, but after hearing from, you know, hearing everybody and evaluating it, my position still remains that you shouldn't be paying more than $40 for a fat pack because in all honesty, a fat pack has always been a product that's not that great to begin with. Yeah, and, it's and rarely that's why worth $40. For yeah, it's, yeah. It be I, I mean, my original my original video on just is a fat pack in general worth it, the answer is no, it is not. Not in, not unless it's less than $40. You scoop it up for 30 that's awesome, dude, uh, or dudette. But at, at 40 give me a break. It's not even a great product to begin with. And so the idea that just to get full art lands that are currently on TCG player for 25 cents each uh, and spending 60 70 dollars is is just a huge mistake and and as and the flip side of that the flip side is is that these stores shouldn't be selling it for that much in my English teacher opinion which you know that's just how I see it okay well we got to move on to the next topic because we've kept uh, we've been on this one for a while yeah. I'm on the just just in case we're not clear. I'm on the side of I just I just I just think the business owners should be allowed to make their business decisions, and that doesn't mean they'll always make good ones. 
I think selling a True. fat pack for seventy bucks is a bad one. Yeah, I oh, agree. And I but think they should be allowed to make bad really? business decisions because it's their business. And consumers are allowed to make bad decisions. If you want to buy that seventy dollars fat pack, then that is entirely your. That's on uh, you. It's on you. Right. Um, however, there are people all around you that will tell you not to do it. And I think that's another part of the LGS is you can ask anyone in the store, should I do this? And if they say no, then you should probably listen to them. If Prof says you shouldn't do it, you probably shouldn't do it. All right. Talking about escalated prices, just to keep this train rolling, Jace Vrin's Prodigy, which is a a $2, not $2, two drop uh, Planeswalker (laughs) flip card from Origins, is now more expensive than the original Jace the Mind Sculptor as of this recording. Now, it may have gone down since then. What happened? I doubt. It just keeps going up. What happened is there was a buyout, which means someone decided to go online and buy every single copy of it that they could and then set the new price. And this happens very often with magic cards when there's a card that's hyped when someone's like this card's gonna be great i think it's gonna be awesome i'm going to buy every single thread test can say now instead of 20 bucks there 30 dollars now uh instead of complaining about this and saying how it's wrong we all know it's wrong we all agree here jace vrin's prodigy should not be this expensive ever um we're gonna but talk capitalism about- sorry i couldn't resist yeah I yeah right? I, I see i don't I'm like the, sorry i don't I like the resist, term wrong I, 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 I mean i don't like it but i don't know if it's quote-unquote wrong well i mean I, I feel like it's it's okay how about this it's wrong for you to buy jace vrin's prodigy right now Correct. The price. Correct. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's we're going to spend this little bit talking more about when it is wise to buy into cards like this, especially as EDH mm. players, because we're playing for the long game. First, before we start the discussion, I need to say thank you to Jimmy Wong, because he stood in line all night for me <laughs> at San Diego Comic-Con, and it was for the Black Planeswalkers. And one of those Black Ooh. Foil Planeswalkers is a Jace Vrinch Prodigy. Yeah, and that yeah, thing is worth is. a ton of money right now. Yeah, so Jimmy is. Wong, Through you're the, the man. Hey, man, any, anytime. How's that Chandra doing? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Are you going to sell it? No, no, not at all. I never sell anything. But I look at it, I'm like, oh, I think I made money. But I don't actually have money in my hand. I just caress it and say, you're worth $150. <laughs> I don't actually do that. Um, yeah, so what? what is a good time to, like like you said, I think it's wrong to buy it right now. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Prof? Uh, great times to buy products are typically when, if they're uh, in standard, right after they rotate, because there is such a uh, uh, outpouring of uh, uh, singles from the standard, even if it's something that is played in modern and legacy. So many people that are standard players, which is you know, I think still the most played constructed mm-hmm. format by far, it doesn't matter. They're just selling out of it and the price is going down to very low levels. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of finance guys that'll tell you, you know, the exact time zone of, of when something's rotating out that it's optimal. But in that general time zone, when something's rotating out, that is is like when I wait, because I'm not a big standard player, but I love modern and legacy and other uh, uh, formats where cards don't rotate out. And so when there's something in standard that's really high, I always go, ooh, I can't wait for two years from now, or I guess now a lot sooner, <laughs> now that they've changed the standard rotation. 18 months from now. Yep. I just sit back and it's just like, oh, you don't have your play set of whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it in 18 months and I'll be paying five bucks instead of 15 for it. Uh, and so if it's something that has just come out in a set, as cards often do, that you want for commander, uh, you know, and you feel that the price is too high or the price most certainly is too high, you're probably going to get a shot at it dropping if you keep a good eye on it right around the time of rotation. A little bit before rotation, definitely during and after rotation. You know, watch now, that thing like Now, do you like think this is going to happen? Do you think this is going to happen with this Jace, though? Because 
Oh, I have the no biggest idea. reason yeah. that it has gone up is actually because of modern and legacy. Sure, it's a great card, and it's seeing play in those. Every time I, I sit down to play modern or legacy, uh, uh, this 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 little punk kid comes out <laughs> uh, across from me, and he's like, "I'm going to ignite my spark," and there he goes. Here's you know, the graveyard thing, shenanigans. Jay's Friends Prodigy was printed in a core set, and which right. sell very little. Sell very little, but that also means that there's a lot sitting around waiting still to be cracked. Which means there's a lot of Jay's Friends Prodigies sitting in booster packs. I think with the combination of both this rotating out of standard, where it's played the most because in modern and legacy i don't think it sees that much play it's not it's not like a it's not a format staple. it sees a lot it sees a lot but it's no by no means i don't think a format staple that defines like if you're going to play blue you have to have jace friends prodigy you know like you'd rather play snapcaster mage i don't know i mean snap is awesome uh, well it, well I the think, two work very well together yeah. don't they? yeah they absolutely yeah. do but here's the thing like you know if you are trying to get a jace friends prodigy and it never goes down in price that's fine you can buy a like a merfolk looter. It's it's not that great for EDH, so it's yeah. not even necessarily worth even close to that amount in any EDH deck. But well, it's also just if you're going to draw one the entire game, yeah. it's not worth it. If you're building it, your commander is just sure you have a you have a better case of making that deck. But here's the thing, I, I just don't think it's worth it. But I think actually you you just uh, uh, very quickly said a often glossed over point where you said you could just buy a merfolk looter, which is that one thing that I do. With cards that I can't afford, is look for the second best thing. Oh yeah, and second best, you know, is usually ninety percent as good. Yeah, we are the ninety percent as good too, and yeah. ninety and ninety percent less. Yeah. Uh, uh, or in and, this case, a twelve thousand percent less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Liliana of the Veil got you down. Get some Necrogen Mists. It's it's ten cents or whatever, and it it isn't Liliana. But it'll do very much what a lot of what she does for you. Yeah, uh, we're playing and, again and, for the long game, so you don't yeah. want to you don't want to waste your money on big splashy cards that are in standard because you're going to be able to get like for instance if you wanted to Sarkin, like if you played if you bought it during last standard you were paying like thirty dollars for it. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Right now you could pay somewhere closer to five. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So these cards do fluctuate a lot. I don't think Jace is going to keep at this point. Now, now he may not be $90 in the future, but if he's $30, that's way better. And that is a point that I would consider. Sure, maybe I would spend that much, but never, ever, 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 ever. And all you need point. and all you need is some banning in Legacy or Modern yeah, good point. that causes Jace to no longer be as effective. And again, in Legacy and Modern in particular, and that's a territory I'm very comfortable talking about, sometimes just dropping down the power level of a deck or the consistency of a deck or whatever by a, a minuscule amount knocks it out of the top five, six, seven decks of the format and suddenly everything tanks. And everybody in that format, they're they're like fleeing a sinking ship that isn't really sinking. It just kind of gained a little water, but they're freaking out. And all of a sudden... It's it's gonna have a moment where it is twenty bucks, twenty five bucks before everybody realizes it's still a great card. You know, keep your eye on it. Don't rush out and buy it. Yeah, for sure. Make sure you keep an eye out on it and uh, don't don't buy into the hype, guys. Never have do you it. got one that you're not using and know you never will. Now might be the right time to ask yourself, what's a card that's super expensive that I really, really want and will use forever but don't have? You can and take yeah. that Jace's Vryn's Prodigy. Turn that uh, Jace's Vryn's uh, Prodigy into like a gay's cradle. You know, into, go nuts. Yeah. That's boy. That would be awesome. Yeah. You, you, now yeah. you're paying $30 for it. Whatever. Yeah. You know, you're paying much less. Um, yes. Now is the time to sell. Do not buy. 
Um, right. So moving on now Jay, from from Kid Jace. Thanks for uh, thanks for causing more more salt in the community. Uh, we uh, <laughs> I found some really fun threads on Reddit that uh, I wanted to mention on on the uh, on the show. Now there's one called Everybody Dance Now. It's a comprehensive list of card names from Battle for Zendikar, which can be sung to the tune of the eponymous line from the CNC Music Factory oh, we, song. We were singing this earlier, weren't we? Everybody dance now. Bam, 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 bam. This is hilarious. I think they do this with every single set. Angel of renewal. Grip of desolation. <laughs> These Sire are all hilarious. That one even rhymes with the I last know, one. right? See, here's the thing. Wizards loves doing these kind of... There's a lot of these that are like two syllables of one syllable, you know, or one syllable of two syllables or three syllables. It's really interesting because this list is huge. Ula Mugs, a spoiler. Balaka Invoker. Zadahedron Grinder. Oh my gosh. So uh, we'll put the link to that below. I just thought that was freaking hilarious. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there's also a new card called Bring to Light that's in Battle for Zendikar. If you guys don't know what this card is, it is actually becoming very, very good. Uh, for five mana, three in the green and the blue, you get to search your library for a card that costs, uh, it has converge on it. So if you pay five colors for this, you can get a card. Um, it's an instant sorcery or creature. Yeah, five mana or less and put it onto the battlefield. But someone just did a Photoshop of it called Bring to Light, and it's just a tribal sorcery rhino. And it has just four siege rhinos popping out of the original art. Because <laughs> what this card is really good at for five mana is finding a siege rhino and dropping it on the battlefield. And right. guess what? A five mana siege rhino is almost as good as a four mana one. Absolutely. Yeah. And you only have four didn't realize that when they were designing siege rhino, eh? Yeah. Because I mean, that's what the format needs. Every format needs more siege rhinos. I, I think someone posted a deck that, that is u- utilizing something like uh, 36 siege rhinos through every. <laughs> I think there's a thread on Reddit right now where somebody designed the craziest, jankiest deck of 36 siege rhinos. Just trying to know? jam in as many siege right. rhinos as possible. You know siege what? rhino, siege rhino, siege rhino, siege rhino. I do not disagree. I don't disagree at all. Anyway, that that's the uh, the Reddit takeaway for this episode. Just a couple of fun things. If you guys aren't on Reddit, it's reddit.com slash r slash magic TCG. There's, There's a lot of salt there. There's an EDH subreddit. There's an EDH subreddit as well. There's a lot of salt on there. People complaining about stuff, uh, but there's also a lot of really great stories. Like I taught my girlfriend how to play, or like I taught my dog how to play, or this is a b- blind player playing at a pre-release. By the way, no one taught their dog how to play. The blind player thing was awesome, though. Yeah, and um, we lots have of a like blind, blind player that plays at Hideo, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. I've I've played against him a couple times. He's way better at Magic than I am. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's spending a lot more time thinking instead of like how I'm going to flick my cards because he needs to yeah. keep them in a very specific order. Well, he's probably like the chess master that has to he has to keep the whole board in his head all yep. the time. Like, anyway, he kicked my That's butt. That's pretty um, intense. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something EDH. Yeah. So, Prof, you have given us. Why don't you explain what it is? Well, uh, what this is is a point system, and I'm I'm very curious actually about uh, what you to think about this but uh basically at many local game stores there are commander edh leagues and for many play groups like there's a lot of play groups out there where it really is the same solid five people meeting once a week to play a game of uh, commander edh and what a lot of these leagues or really solid play groups have done have instituted a point system for tracking long-term uh, play, but also for adding diversity and complexity to that play, 
by uh, think about a video game, uh, name popular video game that's on Steam right now. You do something in that video game and you have unlocked an achievement, uh, you know, and yep. this is yep. achievements unlocked for Commander. And the idea is, is that by accomplishing different things in addition to winning during a Commander game, you receive or in some cases are penalized points. And at the end of the game, Yes, there is one player standing, but every player has earned a different total of points based on what they did that game, uh, and you track that in the case of a EDH Commander League at your local game store over a season, in the case of your playgroup over you know a specified period of time, uh, and at the stores you can redeem those points for uh, packs or, or product or uh, uh, credit or things like that. Uh, you know, let's, I know let's, some... let us, let's, we're going to read a couple of these just so yeah. people have an idea of what well, we're I talking about. Actually, I want to actually read one that's very, very basic, which is just, uh, which is just comparing Soul Survivor, which is an achievement that gives you three points for being the last player remaining in the game. And I want to just compare that to Victory which gives you a point for eliminating a player. And what I like about this is, is because you might play a game of EDH and kill two people and then you get killed and it's like you didn't get, you know, I mean, it's like you didn't get anything, but here you got two points right. because you killed two players. And so that really changes the dynamic. Now, the winner of the game got three points, you know, but you still took out two people and you got a point for each person that you took out. And so it's those are two of the, the ones I like to start saying to people. And then another one. Uh, is uh, that's not very fun, which is if you eliminate a player before his or her fifth turn, it's negative four points because it's like you just took out someone before their fourth, their fifth turn. Uh, uh, you're going to lose some points, you know, for that because that's not very fun. Now, the way the cards are divided uh, is into five colors. Red cards are punishment cards, like red. Uh, green cards are uh, uh, different Achievement conditions yeah. and challenges, uh, and of those, you usually select a random selection of about five. And again, you can change this for your uh, play group or your uh, uh, league. But uh, typically, when I would play, everybody would randomly pull a green card out of the pile. These are like mocked up, like magic cards. You can print them on your printer and cut them out. You don't have to, but that makes for a fun little aesthetic. Uh, blue cards are really interesting because they. Uh, give points if you have a specific type of deck, like a block deck. Uh, if you're playing with a deck just made, what if you made a commander deck just of Innistrad cards with an Innistrad legendary as your commander? Well, if that blue card gets selected, then you and anyone else doing that gets three points. If you've got a modern legal commander deck, only modern legal cards or a pauper commander deck, you get those points. And so that makes a nice little uh, thing for somebody who wants to build a block-constructed deck and then sit down in a game where other people haven't done that, well, you're going to get points for that. So it adds that diversity to the gameplay. Uh, black yeah, really cards. Cool. I really yeah. like all of these stipulations. Like uh, black ones are like, begin the game with an emblem with activated right. abilities of lands you control can't be activated unless they're mana abilities, but you get plus one points. So if you're just right. playing like a, a deck with just all basics and stuff, it's like, sweet, I get a free point, you know, because I don't need my lands to do these things anyway because I don't have them in my deck. Or you're just taking the challenge. It's like in Dungeons and Dragons, you can take negative character traits uh, in order to get additional uh, points. 
uh, and that's kind of what the black cards are like. Uh, you take an emblem that that is a disadvantage to you, but you you're trading that for points. So it's really awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's uh, it's a fun way to think. I think just make the game a little more interesting, kind of like playing with plane chase cards or whatever. It's also a way to maybe say like, hey, cool, we're gonna do like an alternate win condition with these things, and maybe each game can have another winner based on someone that has the you know m- the most points at the end or whatever. And it, it's just a fun way to sort of vary it up. I'm all about people experimenting with the format and doing what's fun for them and evolving their playgroup in fun ways. And I think this is just a cool way that some people can, if they're interested, you know, play the game in a way that is not normal. Absolutely. Uh, And it also can create really fun things during your turn where players might see that points are available and attempt to go after them. And so, you know, like there's a card that says, uh, sad but true, eliminate an opponent with a 1-1 creature, and you get a point for that, and you might be in a position where you're just trying to make that happen. And, it, <laughs> and it's like, I want to get that. I want to make that happen. For, for Klepto, for each opponent, control a permanent that player owns. And so you're like, okay, I want to figure out how I'm going to gain control of a permanent from each opponent so that I get that point and on and on and so that there's different things that you're trying to do with your deck different things you're trying to do during the game it's it's like again you're playing that video game and it's like okay if i go into battle without armor and win i get you know the reckless bloodlust achievement and that's kind of what these are for you know commander yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, if you guys have your own play formats out there, please be sure to let us know as well. It's always fun to see what people come up with. Uh, this is definitely a fun way of doing it, and it might be a way for your LGS to play Commander in a way that also balances out some decks because some people will be going for points, and they might win off of that. I know that a lot of LGSs do things like this. Again, I, one of the local ones here um, uses a point system like this. I think it's also just a fun way to sort of just change it up because... Playgroups can get stale. It can uh-huh. sort of start to feel like you're playing the same games every night if people aren't changing their decks all the time. And this is we do plane chase sometimes for just to pure chaos. Yeah, just just to get the juice of flowing again, just to, so that it's different and your deck's going to play different. And just it gets you excited about you know it's not the same game that you played the game before or the game after. So this is another way to do that. I think there's some really cool stuff in here. Um, of course, these will be in the show notes so you can check them out and you can sort of alter them have as you see fit. Yeah, totally. Um. um all right, moving on. The uh, oh, by the way, the the this is designed by Mike, correct? The yes. One that we're so be this is uh, a lot of game stores have their own point list. A lot of people. I mean, you can search threads on Reddit and MTG Salvation and everywhere else. And there's a lot of uh, people who have come up with their own ideas. This one is the one that uh, uh, I'm, uh, I guess, I I guess I should say endorsing uh, because uh, my local game store owner and one of his uh, uh, employees spent an enormous amount of time developing and testing and going back and revising and furthering this particular list. It's, I believe, 136 cards uh, uh, for it. They are the ones who came up with the five-color system. I don't believe other game stores use that. Uh, And so I do want to give credit to Mike Fields and Frank Hood of Anime Imports in Pacifica, California. I have a video on this on my channel, and I have the PDF. Thank you very much, Mike of Anime Imports, for granting me uh, your blessing to make this PDF available for download for you in your own playgroups and leagues to either use it to get ideas or just print it out and cut out the cards and play with them yourselves. Totally. It's available through a link. Uh, I'll send the link to you guys, uh, Jimmy and Josh, and maybe you can put it yeah, in we'll definitely yeah, we'll, this we'll video as well. You don't need to come to my, my channel and, 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 and give me the, the 120th of a cent 
click view. Go ahead. We'll just put it in the command zone <laughs> uh, uh, thing. We will um, do. We'll all right, exactly on to the that. next uh, on to the next subject here. We're just sort of jumping around. This is something that we've gotten a lot of questions about recently, and I'm sure you get all the time, Prof, which is mm. we've had a lot of people approaching us uh, that want to start doing content, magic yes. content of their own. And so recently we've been fielding, I just think, a higher than normal percentage of questions about this stuff. And we thought it would be nice with you here, Prof, to talk about some of the frequently asked questions if you're interested in starting up producing magic content of your own. Um, just in the last like couple of days, we had a lot of people, we always get asked about mics. We always get yeah. asked about like what they should do. I guess let's start with equipment. Um, I'll field this one. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot of music recording in the past. I, I own a lot of microphones. Uh, one of the first things. When so Josh, this is for sound specifically. For sound specifically. We'll start there. Uh, I'll, I'll make it very short because we're running a little, a little long with all these topics now. But with, with sound equipment, to get a good sounding podcast or anything really, sound is so important because... I mean, it, it's a huge part of the experience. If it, if it doesn't sound good, if there's a if there's like a fan running in the background that's like the whole time, it's going to detract from the overall quality of the video. So good sound is important, but it's not an expensive thing to get. Now, Josh and I use professional recording microphones when we record a podcast, but you can get a very equally good sound quality from something that costs twenty to fifty dollars. And there's lots of places out there that will sell microphones that will plug directly into the USB port of your computer, and you can just have to, you can just use that to record your podcast, your voiceovers, whatever. One company that I particularly like is Blue Microphones. Uh, Josh bought one of these to record when he's uh, you know like at the office and can't come over to record. Um, and I would just highly recommend if you are going to do something and you want it to sound good, it is completely worth the investment to buy a good microphone for whatever you're doing. And it really does not cost that much. And it is the kind of investment that will make your final product incredibly better than had it not had it. I, S- sound is more important than video is what I say to, to people. If, if you have bad video and good sound, it is more acceptable than if you have bad sound and good video. Now, ideally, <laughs> ideally, you want them both to be good. But if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I'm more likely to sit through anything if the audio is uh, a, a reasonable quality versus if the audio is terrible but the video is good. If the audio is terrible, you're sunk, I feel. And yeah, so audio I t- I totally is is so important. I'm using a Blue microphone right now. Nice. Uh, and Blue was the first microphone I ever used on, on my channel. I had one of the Blue Snowballs that I got for 40 bucks down at the store. Right now I'm on a more expensive model of, of Blue. I'm on the, the Blue Yeti Deluxe or whatever. Uh, that's just for podcasting like this or, or on my stream. Uh, I'm using a Rode mic for the videos, the Rode NTG2, which has to plug into a uh, 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 an audio recorder because it won't, it doesn't plug in like directly to your computer or camera. Yeah, the big thing is, is if you're going to upgrade, you're going to do it down the road, but you need to start somewhere. And the initial investment is, should not be that much. You can do it for thirty bucks, forty bucks, and get something that is going to at least sound good enough that no one's just going to shut your video or your podcast off because they can't stand how it sounds. Or they just can't hear yeah. it. Or they can't yeah. hear it. Yeah, there's too much background noise. Get a blue snowball or a blue Yeti. That It's 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 great. Blue would, snowball, blue Yeti. I would also say, and if people forget this step of the process, which is be there's really cheap ways to increase your audio, and it has nothing to do with microphones. It has to do with being aware of where it is you are when you're recording. Yeah. Um, small rooms, square rooms, uh, certain kind of walls all bad for sound. What you want is you want soft walls, if you can. There's even ways to just uh, 
take your microphone and surround it with like pillows and blankets, which mm-hmm. will deaden the noise and make the yep. sound of even a cheaper microphone sound better. So there are ways that aren't, don't require you to invest very much at all, but just to put your microphone in the right place that will make your audio sound a lot better. So be aware yep. of that. You can Google it. It's really easy to find out cheap ways to build like almost sound studios in your room. Yeah, totally. And also like how close you are to the microphone when you record. I know some people that will they'll be like, all right, I'm going to record my voiceover now. And it's, you know, they get really far away from the mic or the settings aren't right. Yep. And here's the thing. You want to get nice to the right level and distance away from your microphone. And I don't know about are, you, Prof, but we like are basically touching the mic as we speak into Almost it. always. My nose is always touching the uh, pop filter. I try to uh, maintain the same I'm, distance. Yeah, yeah, I'm not fidgeting <laughs> about. Uh, I'm, I'm right up against it there. Does that suddenly sound better than it has this entire podcast? Way better. A million times better. better. I, can't, I can't tell. You sound, um, you sound like, uh, I don't know, somebody who sounds good. <laughs> okay, moving wow, on. That's, oh, wait, wow, do you want to talk about great. video equipment really quickly? Um, since that's, uh, you know, you do more videos well, not that you Yeah, you're I mean, again, video. I just started with a uh, Canon Rebel T1i DSLR, and those are, I don't want to say cheap, but if you are going to get a DSLR, the Canon Rebel T1i with yeah. the kit lens, the Rebel I, series I, I is didn't all even great. need it. I didn't even need to upgrade. I had a long talk with my wife about that, and I did upgrade when this turned into, you know, like how I, I'm, you know, like an actual business for me because I wanted you know, uh, uh, better equipment, uh, even if it was perhaps negligible. But the the T1i right now is such an old, you know, piece of equipment for Canon. You can get some really good deals, especially on a used one that somebody bought for a wedding. It's on Craigslist that, you know, they bought it for a wedding and they're done with it. It's been sitting in their closet for three years. Yeah. And you can pick it up for a couple hundred bucks, maybe even less these days. I haven't checked recently. Just, you know, you don't... I'm I'm currently using a Canon 7DD uh, because I wanted to invest in, in what it is I'm doing. But, you know, a Rebel T1i was my first camera for making YouTube videos. And uh, in all honesty, I could have kept it and you prob- it probably wouldn't have made much difference. Yep, I have used the exact same camera and lens for 90% of the videos I make on YouTube. You can go to my channel and watch all the music and stuff I've done. The, t- the Same, T1i. The T1i. Yeah, here's the thing. It's, again, you could, if you were a painter, you could buy the painter the best brushes and the best paints in the world, but it's up to the painter to make it look good. So you can buy a terrible camera and you can still find many ways of making it look exactly how you want it to. And it's because it's up to you to you know make the best out of your equipment. And the, the cameras that you can get for hundred bucks are not terrible. They're really good. These days, it's insane what you yeah. can oh, yeah. You can, get a, you you can literally do everything you need to on a point and shoot that can zoom in and yep. zoom yeah. in and out. And that will be more than enough, honestly. It's a great way to start. It's not a huge investment. I would give the same speech too, which is there's a lot of things besides the camera that affect how good your compositions look. It's learning about how you compose the image but also about lighting and lighting doesn't have to be fancy lights it can just be having bounce boards (laughs) yeah having enough light having a little bit of contrast uh in your lighting you again things you can very easily very simply learn about and will improve your the quality of your video way more than investing in a better camera would just be learning how to light a little bit better yeah Uh, a lot of times you can just achieve amazing things through nothing to do with money Yep. And uh, the final thing is, like, if you want to start making content, really, you know, think it through. Don't just be like, I'm just going to set the camera up and just figure it out and figure it out later. 
you know, write it down what your ideas are, like develop them, spend some time brainstorming them, coming up with new ideas, maybe getting rid of old ones. Don't be afraid to eject an idea out of your head if it doesn't work anymore. Don't get too attached to anything. Just always be evolving and always be, you know, trying to think of what you want to do and what you're going to be excited and happy to make yourself. And then from there, you'll be good. Make content that you would want to watch. Don't make content that you feel everybody else is watching. Yeah. Well, the most common thing I hear people say is, oh, man, I'm looking at this hit whatever, hit podcast, hit TV show, hit YouTube channel, hit anything, and they go, I could do that. And and it's like, and no, how about what you would want? Not trying to do your version of, you know, another person's podcast, but rather what's something that is content that you're looking for when you go to that search, you know, uh, browser or whatever. Definitely watch what it is you make. I see so much stuff where I, or listen to so much stuff where I can't believe that the person making this actually sat down and watched it. Uh, t- before they uploaded it. Well, that's that's a really good one. Watch your stuff. In fact, yeah. when, you, when you make your first thing, make it with the idea that it's not going to be shown to anybody but yourself. So right. your very first thing, I would say, make it and either watch or listen to, depending on what it is, just yourself. You will learn so much by just that first one doing it. And then you think of, oh, and then I'm going to do it for real the second time. Your stuff will be so much better by just taking and then watch it every time. I, I'm sure because your quality is really high, Prof. That through your process, you watch your stuff, right? You don't just oh, I I probably watch any video of mine that's posted, even if it's a very basic one, uh, uh, but especially on the regular videos. I've probably watched it, not counting just going through it while editing, which is a process that takes. You know, me maybe for each video, gosh, six to eight hours of yep, time. Yeah, about right. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it varies, but I'd say that's the average. I've watched it just before I hit that upload button at least half a dozen times over the course. You know, I've sat back and I've watched it, and then I catch a little mistake or I catch a thing I don't like and I can fix, uh, go back in. But I really, really rewatch it. I imagine myself as my friends and family watching it, and then I imagine myself as just a person watching it for the first time. And I think, okay, my viewers will see this not knowing what comes next, and I try and put myself in that state as I'm watching it. And then when it gets uploaded, I watch it again and I go out every time and kick myself about it. <laughs> I really do. Every video... I, I I think I have about 240-something videos right now, and I could tell you for each of them at least one thing, if not more, that I am genuinely pissed off about that it didn't quite – that I'm not happy with. It's a true and, creator. And yeah, but I mean like – and then I sit down and I see somebody that uploaded a video that there's no way they sat through that and watched it and said, yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that they turned on their camera and they never watched it once. Like watch it. Like let me put it this way. And I think there should be more creators. I actually think the first time I was on your podcast, we said this, which is that for content creators, we're not in competition with each other. If there are more quality content, it gets our audiences more energized 
energized, more more excited and watching us more. It's a good thing. I wish there were more people making YouTube and podcasts and, and Twitch streams about magic. It would be good for me if there were 20 more excellent YouTubers on magic. It'd be good I for feel everybody. Would, we say the same thing every time. It'd be good for me. If you can't sit through your own video or podcast, then how do you it? expect someone else yeah. to do that? You have to be able to do it yourself. And as you do, ask yourself, how can I improve upon this? What isn't working? Don't just think, ah, I just want to put it up there to get the views. Yeah. You know, I, I see stuff where people, their head isn't in the frame. Yeah, the, a, a, funny thing, a funny thing you should say that because I have I've told Jimmy about this. I have this ritual that I do every time, every single time we record. We record almost always at Jimmy's place, mm-hmm. yeah. and I drive from my place to his place to record, and it's about twenty minute drive. And every single time I make that twenty minute drive, I pick a random episode of the Command Zone and I listen mm-hmm. to it on the way mm-hmm. over, so that I can beat myself up the whole time about the <laughs> about like oh you say um too much or oh you say mm-hmm. you know too much or there's all these little ticks you know that what, I Josh? that I try to eliminate. <laughs> And every time before we record, I'm trying to give, you know drill that into my head. Yeah. Like, don't make yeah. these same mistakes over Here's and over. Here's the thing. Like, hey, let's say you you sat down and you're like, I'm going to build a new standard Jeskai deck. You build it, you throw the cards together, you play it, and you lose, and you lose, and you lose. Are you just going to be like, yep, it's done? Or are you going to be like, okay, let's see what I need to fix to make this better? Right. You should have the same mentality about doing putting content out, too. I mean, it's not hard to do, and it's not shameful to be like, oh, no, it was bad. I need to refilm something. Like, that's great. You were able to tell that something wasn't right and you fixed it that's an incredibly important skill that you're going to need the rest of your life so everything you do literally everything you do yeah Yeah. um so yeah it's good to it's good to to revise also avoid nerd voice and by that i mean like don't talk like this because this is how we talk and you know you you know i I object i object to that (laughs) i object to that you notice all three of us and this is not how we talk in normal life all the time, but you're very animated, you're very passionate, you're energetic. If yeah. you want people to listen to you, you have to be charismatic. And it's very easy to do. You just affect your voice a little bit, and you come at them, and you have strong positions. And yeah. listen to Prof speak. He makes you want to agree with him because he's very involved in what he's <laughs> saying. And that is the way that people that are in media speak. And so all of you should just go ahead and just ship me those expeditions because you love the command zone and you love me and I love you and we're a happy family. <laughs> it turned into a Barney song. Yeah. Now try I, it without the nerd voice. Um, can you guys just go ahead and just uh, go ahead and uh, <laughs> my mailing address is going to be um, um, in the... The, All right, uh, you're killing the, me. Uh, yeah, okay, I can't How about it. this? For the, f- with rare exception, of course, because there are definitely content creators who are masters of improv, but for a lot of things, know what you're doing before you turn on your camera. How many, <laughs> how many podcasts yeah. have dead air that are like, it's like first episode, second episode, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's so true. What do you want to talk so about? True. What I, do you want to talk about next, Billy? Uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know, you know, yeah. or, or how many YouTube videos where someone is uh, uh, staring off and thinking for like five minutes about what they're going to say. And then they say it and it's like, in all honesty, hey, that's great. Maybe what you should do is start over now that you know what you're going to say yep. because you actually have good things to say. But you gave me five minutes of you thinking, which is not very engaging to watch. Even just a simple uh, outline is more than enough to get you oh going as long as you know you got to stick to that outline. You've thought about what you're going to say beforehand. Like we have outlines for every single episode of the command zone that we do. Now we don't write next to every card that we talk about. This is what we're going to say because we're like, I already know how I feel about it. But we just make sure we list everything that we want to point out, and we still miss stuff all the time, all the time. Oh, yeah. And you know, it was Sun Tzu. I'll paraphrase that said that having 
a plan is what allows you to improvise. Yeah. Right. Just improvising with no plan is actually not improvising. Yeah. It's- Guaranteed. When you watch an improv comedian go up with a troupe and they do something, they're not just going off of nothing. They <laughs> right. usually... They, they have a they, whole they, list of rules that they have, they have to rules, follow. They have rules. They've done it before. They've rehearsed it before. They know the patterns that their friends get into. They know how to play off those patterns. They are very well prepared to improvise, and the preparation is where... They separate from the rest. They're just not magically doing it on the spot with no rehearsal practice or, quite frankly, skill. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, uh, the amount of work – improv is actually one of the most difficult things uh, uh, for certain. But also, you know, we've also been saying a lot of critical things. I, I do want to also quote Sun Tzu who said, don't Ooh. be afraid – to upload to YouTube. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said... It's a good point. Yeah, at a, a certain one. point, you must expose yourself on yep. YouTube or on SoundCloud or on yeah. whatever. Don't be afraid to make those mistakes. Be on the search for mistakes. But yeah. don't... Don't let them let, paralyze nothing you. Nothing breaks my heart more than when I do get that letter that says... I'm not ready to post my YouTube videos because I still keep getting it wrong. And I think at a certain point, you got to jump in the water. At, yeah. a, at yep. a certain point, let's go. You will improve with time if you seek to improve. If you think you've already got it made, then that's another issue. If you think you don't have to change and evolve, then you're the one being stagnant. Don't be stagnant. But come on out here. Join us. Don't do it to make money because you won't. Don't do it to get a lot of views because you won't. Do it for yourself first and foremost. And the views and maybe, maybe, maybe some cash will come if no you cash are doing it no for cash yourself, no cash. The command come. zone is a uh, it is a, 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 <laughs> it's a labor of love. It's a charity. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, I don't get an appearance fee. You're saying I don't get an appearance fee? Uh, I yeah, I was prof, get... prof, your appearance fee is you sending me your expedition. Okay, thanks. Bye. No, Jim, Jimmy, you told me you were going to give me Josh's expedition. <laughs> just what? don't let him know. He'll oh think yeah, they Josh, were sorry, you weren't there for that part it's of the not conversation. Oh, my girlfriend. Yeah, that's so. true. Right. Um, I I really like that last point. I really want to nail on it, which is don't let all this perfectionism paralyze you. Yeah. A good way to think about it is you're going to plan it, you're going to check it, but you're not going to allow yourself to not post it. Yeah. It's a good point. Think about it this yeah. way, too. You think every actor in the world that you think is the best actor in the world, you think they were always that good? Sure, Meryl Streep, whatever. But not every single... like. Well, can, and how many takes? Hey, How many takes? Hey, Prof, yeah. let me ask you a uh, little behind-the-scenes information here. How many takes does it usually take you to sort of like how many different i've had to refilm entire episodes but i mean uh, when you shoot it i'm assuming you read it 10 times to the camera so that you have oh, some stuff yeah, to work yeah. with how many, how many times i've got i i'm working off of a script with very rare exception i've only done a few videos where i just turned on the camera and worked off of an outline but even with the script how many takes do you say you do that you've when you go into your editing program how many like different reads do you have uh, usually just at, just to have choices because you want to have yeah. choices. Uh, I usually have, I mean, it depends, but I'd say a minimum of four to five if it's just a regular sort of thing. I'll read each block about maybe three times, but I'll, I'll go through it, different inflections, different inflections, things like that. Yeah, but, but there you go. You look at one of Prof's video and you go, man, that guy nails it every time. No, no, he doesn't. He has to 
put together four or five different takes to create what he wants to create. And so don't expect yourself to just nail it every time. You've yeah. got to work with it too. Imagine if every movie was filled with the first take of every shot they did. I can guarantee they'd be bad. I've seen the first takes of every yeah, movie. Yeah, you have, Josh. You've <laughs> seen how bad things can get. So that is for sure. So yeah, advice for budding content creators. You know what? Just get out there and push yourself and challenge yourself. It's a fun Do challenge. Do what you love. Do what you Do love. Do what you love. Do what's going to fulfill you and make you happy. Uh, like sending me your expeditions. Woo! Okay, enough of that. Nobody's doing that. But you know what I really want people to do? Because we've get, been getting a lot of Twitter uh, responses or people tweeting at us pictures of their um, expedition, like Fetchlands. Mm-hmm. I want the expedition Havelands with hashtags Havelands on there. I know. Well, they're not as, you just don't want to celebrate them as much, clearly. But yeah, no. send us your Havland expeditions because they look just as pretty. Guys. And throw up the hashtag Havelands on there. And now, put, and put a prof on that tweet too. Yeah. What's what's each of your favorite uh, expedition artwork? Just never mind. And you have to divorce yourself from card value. Misty Literally rainforest. Just, yep. Misty rainforest. Me too. Is really it's good. brilliant. It, uh, Misty the way, rainforest. The way and I that swear the it has nothing to do the with the light. value. Yeah. The, there's the way that the, it's colored, and the birds look like they're almost raised up off the card. The yeah. way they catch the light. That, that little purple plant at the center, it's just, it's, 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 it's magnificent. Yeah. yeah. I think mine would have to be Godless Shrine. There's something <laughs> really? about that that's really cool. It's like, it's, it's the one that Kessler actually pulled uh, from the Master of the Modern podcast, but it's got this really nice central I seen framing. I this one. This is sweet. It's cool. It reminds, it's just got this like epic feel to it. And it's just like, you just hear it going, <gasps> like, it's just like this echoey deep cave of <laughs> crazy darkness. I don't know. It's cool. I like that one Man, a lot. Godless, sign definitely, Godless Shrine definitely sounds cooler. Yeah, but he sounds sure. like this. It is a godless shrine. I am a godless shrine. As I enter the battlefield, you may pay two life. (laughs) He sounds like that guy from Karate Kid 2. (laughs) The bad guy. So many years. What a. Then the town. Gone. Everything. (laughs) Gone. He sounds kind of like that guy. Uh, I didn't like Karate Kid 2. No, me neither. But the guy sounded like Godless Shrine, I guess. Godless Shrine is that guy. (laughs) Um, So that does it for this episode. Uh, We're going to wrap it up here. Professor, thank you so much for coming on the show and, of course, delivering very excellent, pertinent points. You do a great service to the community to tell them about these fat packs, about, you know, what to do when you are faced with a difficult decision or faced with a store raising the prices. And I think it's a great service to the community that you are out there providing a very common sense uh, approach to a lot of these things. Uh, And it's great to just have more voices and opinions out there anyway. And you do it in a very classy way without uh, much salt or uh, swearing. You keep it, keep it safe for the kids. Yep. We like like all those things. It's a very, very important thing. Well, All right. you, you flatter me. You flatter me. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's a, a honor and a privilege as always. Oh yeah. Oh, and also, I guess we can tell people that we're we're planning some cool stuff with you in the future. So collaboration. I don't think that it's any. Uh, it's not much of a reveal that the prof is one of our favorite people in the magic <laughs> community, and we always want to look to you know collaborate with people we like, and and profs at the top of that list. So definitely cool things in the works. Thank goodness we're both on the West Coast. Yeah. What, what? We're only like six hour drive away. Yeah. Hey, you guys are in my hometown where I was born and raised. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're yeah. from you're from Los Angeles. So Prof, where can people find you online? 
You can find me at Talarian Community College on YouTube. That is the central hub. That is the place to go. You don't need a, a URL. You just type into Google Talarian Community College or type into YouTube Talarian Community College and you'll have it. I mean, who Boom. sits down and, and types WHTTPS <laughs> colon forward slash forward slash. That's like my grandma. My dad, my dad still does that. Do yeah. that. Yeah. www.youtube.com forward slash. Leave me alone it's Tularian <laughs> community college uh on youtube three videos a week tuesday thursday and saturday uh product reviews deck techs uh introductory lessons and maybe soon those two young gentlemen from the command cast podcast yeah, he called you young josh on. Yeah, How's he that feel? me young. They'll it feels here. like a lie since I'm older than him. <laughs> they'll be they'll be going from their command zone to mine. That's we'll right. Be changing say. zones. We'll be switching zones. Yes, uh, Professor, uh, you also have a Patreon that's doing fantastically well, and it's a great way for your supporters to support you even more and help you create awesome new content, get better equipment, and just be able to review more stuff. Where can people find that? Uh, on Patreon at, at uh, Talarian Community College or The Professor will take you there. There's links on every single one of my videos. Look at uh, that. And, and you can get there. Anybody giving even a dollar, I, I would have had to stop the channel or at least in its form that it was in. Uh, maybe it would be a casual thing. Maybe it would be a hobby. But uh, but the, luckily, the, none of that had to happen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I still feel that uh, I don't quite deserve that outpouring of support, but I do make it my mission every day, every video, to try my best to repay it, all that generosity. But yeah, even like, I mean, sometimes people write me and they say like, oh, I feel so bad. I, I really can only afford like to give you a buck. And it's like, that's so much. Yeah. And I'm so $1 touched. And I'm, I'm a long way. I'm not a man who's often brought to be speechless. I'm 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 often have a we lot to noticed. say, but gosh, <laughs> I I feel like people you know like do that, and it's the most touching thing. And it's what the channel is there because of you, and it's it's not my channel; it's your channel for doing that. Thank you all. Uh, uh, and I'm streaming on Twitch. Come check that out. I yeah. suppose. Oh, and, and come Jimmy watch and I me definitely make the lurk in play the chat. Yeah, we lurk. ever. Come watch me make the biggest play mistakes in the world. But it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> every, everything is well-deserved, so I'm glad that it's doing well. And yeah, a dollar does go a long way, for sure. It, it does, All right, let's move does. on to the end step here where we talk oh. about something cool outside the world of magic. Prof? Okay, I, I was thinking about this, and it's I, I suppose the uh, outside of the world of magic, uh, I've been playing a lot of this game called Magic Online. No, wait, that doesn't count. <laughs> Cheater. Um, that's Jeez. cheating. All right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something personal. That's my end step. My right. personal thing is I'm trying a new diet, and it's a weird diet. It's the all fat diet. Uh, I've been and doing so, this diet for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what the idea is is that you cut everything but fat and a little bit of protein and vegetable out of your diet, and it causes your body when it gets hungry to just consider fat food and to just suck up and eat your fat and so basically it's uh and there's no measuring food no limits it's all you can eat cheeseburgers but you got to make sure there's extra cheese extra mayo extra bacon <laughs> because anytime you're having fat this is all true this is, by the way we're jo getting trolled we're getting trolled 
This is all true, by this the way. True. Anytime you're having something diet? that isn't <laughs> fat, like protein uh, uh, or, or, or vegetable fibers or something, you got to make sure that fat is the dominant you thing. You are cutting out sugar, though, right? That's the big one. N- you you may have no sugar. Cheeseburgers have sugar. I can't, oh, shoot. Not the cheeseburgers <laughs> I eat now. You well, can't have any sugar. You can't have any carbohydrate. A... You're, you're oh, no on carbs. a fat. Vegetables are carbs. I, not the vegetables that I eat. <laughs> <laughs> is there a name for this diet, Prof? The fat diet, just the fat diet. Yeah, P H A T. Oh, and 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 well, I can no longer drink my beloved wine, whiskeys, and oh, no. okay, that is, because that's apparently tough. those get converted into fat for. Now I know you're lying. <laughs> no, no, Mike at Anime Imports lost an enormous. He lost like he dropped over a hundred pounds on this, wow. and all all he eats is bacon and mayonnaise and he, stuff. He's it's all just, he didn't tell you, but he's also running thirty miles a day. Yeah, well, I don't want to yeah. see what his arteries look like, but prob- <laughs> please do report back to us at how it's going. Going and how yeah. you feel and all that stuff because I, I am interested. I, I may not go on this myself, but well, I Jimmy, would... we still have to do our fitness competition. Yeah, Don't worry, we've got an idea for how we might do it, but we're gonna we'll, we'll roll it out in a couple in a, maybe a future episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure that one out. Jimmy, you have a cool end step. I do. Uh, I'm actually going to Europe uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be in Amsterdam and London for All Chat, which is the League of uh, Legends community show that I mentioned on last week's. And step. Uh, I got the opportunity to go very last minute, so I, of course, took it because I love Europe and I love visiting countries that I have not been to before, uh, and I've been to Amsterdam. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to visit and meet a lot of All Chat fans and also League of Legends fans because we're going to a lot of viewing parties. So if you guys want to figure out where I'm at, you can just follow me on Twitter and I will post all that information there. But Yeah, all our European listeners have a yeah. chance to uh, meet the famous Jimmy Wong. <laughs> Oh, God, the famous, sure. Uh, but that means we may miss a couple of episodes because right. I will be out of town. At least one, maybe two. We're not sure exactly how that's going to work. But, mm-hmm. um, well, well, we'll definitely try to miss as few as possible. I'm going to pull the Josh Lee Kwai and tweet as many pictures of food as I can. Yes! I'm excited about your Twitter. A lot I'm going to follow you chips. on Twitter now. Uh, oh, di- what? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see how it is. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't follow you after you left Korea and all that food too, so maybe maybe that's how it works out. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. We may miss uh, two weeks, but we're definitely going to miss one uh, of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's definitely uh, we we tried to keep it a little heftier. Uh, this on one's the, this long one's on enough. The fat, this one's on the fat diet. I'll say that much. <laughs> this one is on the fat diet. All right, everybody. Thanks. Uh, make sure to listen to our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. You can uh, find them at the MM Cast on Twitter. You can also find them at rocketjump.com slash the MM cast. They just celebrated their one year anniversary. Happy birthday. Woo. Happy birthday, Go Alex. Modern. And, yeah, and modern. Ben. And also, the professor has been on the Masters of Modern as a co host twice. Yeah. Talking about Well, Burfle. technically, it was once, but for some reason that I can't figure out, it went long. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. It needed to go on the fat diet. Prof, you never have anything to say. Yeah. yeah. And if you enjoyed that diatribe, I have many other. <laughs> I enjoy all your diatribes. Uh, I like your fat diatribe. For sure. Oh, it's great. I get cheese. I get double cheeseburgers for like breakfast. I I wake up and I have about eight slices of bacon. It's amazing. I feel like we're giving bad information to children right now somehow. (laughs) And don't buy fat packs, guys. It's $60. Or eat slabs of bacon. Okay, fat diet? Yes. Fat pack? No. No, there it is. That's it. There you go. There you go. We made the thesis statement for the entire episode right there. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Cards animation. You can find him online at Living Cards MTG and all of our videos with those animations edited by Terry at YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Prof. 
Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.